Hi there, and welcome to the Tech Veteran Podcast. This podcast takes you through the lives, transitions, and careers of veterans who are having success in fields of technology. My name is Oliver Pulaski, and along with my co-host Mello Sullivan, we will take you through some of these incredible people's journeys. Today, for the first episode, we will be talking to my co-host Mello Sullivan and learning a bit more about her story. Mel is ex-army and is now experiencing great success by using data in her rural community. Let's jump straight in. Tell me a bit about your journey to with you with me. Well, I am ex-army. I discharged uh, with mental health problems. Um, obviously, it wasn't a voluntary discharge. Uh, it wasn't an easy discharge. And I elected at the time to move back to the country area where I was raised um, and came up against a lack of support services um, for the situation. And uh, my career choices as a result, I think, were... Um, a little haphazard. Um, I found with you, with me, I was working in concrete manufacturing and I was underemployed in the job. I was working as an office lady uh, in a concrete manufacturing plant in a local town. And uh, things weren't going well. Um, so I, I guess I reached a point where something had to change and right. I accessed some social media and found with you, with me via Facebook and thought, what the hell have I got to lose? Um, did the networking course and then consequently the data analytics course and dived into some of the issues related around veteran transition that I'd never actually faced yeah right and and from there everything changed um everything changed yeah all right for the better awesome um, did you um so did you have any experience uh in the field of analytics before you did the data course absolutely um uh, the job that i was working in was data heavy um, I was working in SAP as a super user in procurement, payroll, inventory management, um, also um, resupply. So, you know, I was, I was working and swimming in data all day, every day, and, you know, was doing yeah. the analytics and didn't even realise it. Um, and, um, you know, was looking for opportunities within the company in business analysis, which I was really interested in doing. Mm. Um, and basically through doing the data analytics course and through doing the networking course, I actually really realised that there was actually a name for what I wanted to do and there was a career path there. Yeah, um, right. Sadly, not with, not with the company that I was working with. Yep. Um, but, you know, manufacturing, concrete manufacturing is actually a, a, a data-heavy environment. Um, right. data-driven decision-making right through the process. Um, I just didn't realise that at the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you, think that's, um, do you think that's the same with a lot of, 
I guess, smaller businesses, especially around where you are, they're doing all this analytics and collecting so much data without even really knowing it or knowing what to do with it? Both. Right. Um, what I'm seeing, um, you know, particularly in, in my previous role was that I would, you know, with my military background and with the formalised uh, objective situational assessment and risk management, risk assessment type skill sets that basically become a part of your breathing. Yeah, right. Um, I would be... I would be looking at this data and providing feedback to management, um, which would value add to the entire organisation when I could get them to listen. Right. Um, you know, it was just value adding to the efficiency of the organisation and, um, you know, just uh, making the plant more profitable. Yeah, know, right. Which in a small country plant, small country plant the profitability it's about keeping people in jobs and you know the more you can do to increase efficiency save cost save wastage add to the profitability the more secure it is it makes the makes the jobs in the in the right. plant keeps people employed yeah 100 percent um so yeah. what 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 do you what do you think about data analytics um what what what, what about veterans makes them good do you think a good fit for a data analytics role the ability to take in the information assess its relative value and act on the conclusions that you make from that information um, you know, if you've ever done any kind of a tactical assessment, that's all about uh, obtaining information, gathering information, looking at where that information is of value and is of relevance, yep. you know, risk managing a course of action moving forward and just get on with the goddamn job. Right. Um, it... it it just fits. Yeah, right. It just fits. No, I I can um, I completely agree. You know, I think the range of scenarios that many veterans are presented while serving, um, you know, allow for that flexibility. Um, at the same time, keeping a cool head and being able to perform quick analysis while on the go. Um, yeah, you know, and I think that really, yeah, that really makes it a powerful fit to find a veteran working um, in a role such as analytics. Um, awesome. So I think, yeah, I think the thing is, is that we are taught to place a value on information. Right. You know, and we're taught to weigh up the relative value of information that comes into us and, you know, you know, drop the crap, use what's good, um, and act accordingly on the information that we have to hand. Yeah, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, I, I completely agree. What, what advice would you 
give to a veteran living in sort of a more country or a town or a rural community um, if they've already transitioned and are maybe working sort of a more dead-end job um, or a job which they're underemployed or underutilized like you at the concrete plant um, or if they were even thinking about transitioning, what advice would you give them right now? Okay, I think my generation of veterans have a natural sort of disinclination to engage in social media. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's still the case for current people transitioning. I would recommend, first of all, is dive into the social media and get comfortable with it, get, um, you know, operating on the social media and get comfortable with operating online. Yeah, right. Um, the networking skills uh, are invaluable and just a, a, a game changer. Um, 100%. And if you want to live, yeah, if you want to live in a rural community, what I'm finding is that, you know, data analytics, um, the data sciences, it can be done just about anywhere. All you need is a decent laptop or a decent office setup and a decent um, data situation. Yeah. Um, you know, the skills the skills work for you on a remote on a remote sort of basis, um, just whatever. In if you have any inhibitions about operating in that online space for, you know, security reasons or or whatever, yeah, get over it. Just get yeah. over it. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, using using you as an example, particularly, I think I remember you saying that you used to be quite uncomfortable with reaching out to people on social media um and now i've i've seen you super active on things like linkedin tagging me and uh everything and reaching out to people with no no fear with absolutely no fear is that what you would sort of hope for a uh someone a veteran to accomplish having no fear when sort of going out for that yeah and i think um <laughs> Quite flattered that you say that. Thank you. Um, Pleasure. Having having no that reach out and contact with people. You know, for me to learn that people were quite happy to be contacted in that fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, connect with them on LinkedIn with a bit of a message and and you know, can I learn about what you do? You know, to give an example, I contacted a fellow operating an agri tech business based in Western Australia. Yeah. Um, just just cold contacted through LinkedIn. He yeah. just about burned down the phone lines, you know. He was so <laughs> thrilled. Yeah. He was so thrilled that somebody took the time to show an interest in what he was doing. Yeah, right. And just talk about it, you know, and that conversation led to, you know, he was he was sending me links to websites and things so fast I couldn't keep up. And, <laughs> um, you know, he showed me a... Um, a website that is a, a heat map for uh, growth industries and growth businesses in the agri-tech sector, you know, which I then put on the student page and said, right, these businesses are out there. There is a need. Yeah, you know, right. they, they look for people. They want affordable services, you know, just yeah. 
hey, you veterans out there, you can contribute to this. Just, you know, get your foot in the door. Just talk to people. Just start talking to people. Yeah, right. Um, which I was my biggest obstacle, you know. I lacked the confidence to to just approach a stranger and say, well, hey, what do you do? Yeah, right. Um, quickly sort of find that if you if you ask, people are more than happy to go on about what they do as long as you take an interest. That's right. And it's not seen it's not seen as using people. It's seen as you know, there's a quid pro quo there. You, you sort of people are happy to help you and yep. the understanding it is is that you know, while you might not immediately help them, then but you might reach out with the intention of helping somebody else, you know. It's not seen as contacting someone to get something out of them. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's clearly a part of it. It's, it's there about, uh, you know, I actually worked out everybody but me knew how this thing worked, this networking thing worked, you know. Yeah. It's just about know, people knowing what you do and knowing what people do and then six or eight months down the track you might get a phone call from somebody going, oh, you know, yeah. I, I, I've actually got an opportunity for you now. Yeah, right. You know? um, so that for me, that getting the confidence to be cold contacting and networking um, was actually a game changer. No, awesome. In, in yeah, a lot of different. I think it's a super, super cool thing you're doing, and I, I think I definitely need to do it a lot more. Um, considering I am fairly like comfortable with using social media. Um, you know, after hearing yeah. you talk about it, I don't think I utilize it enough for uh, learning experiences like that. So I'm going to try and change that about myself, I think. Um, yeah. I, if I can just sort of give one example, I had, I had, I had always shied away from uh, maintaining connections with the people that knew me in the military. Yeah, right. Um, you know, there's a whole different bag of shit that goes with that. But... I found myself reaching out to one of my old two ICs um, who uh, will probably be listening to this podcast and uh, he knows who he is and hi. Um, <laughs> Shout out. And I made a phone call to him. Yeah. I made a phone call to him and um, he rang me straight back. Yeah, right. After nearly 25 minutes, he rang me straight back. And the first thing he said to me was, God, it's good to hear from you, Mel. Are you all right? Right. And, and just, um, you know, I went from sort of thinking that people wouldn't want to know me because of the nature of my discharge to yeah. going to sort of realising that, you know, there's water under the bridge and hell, we've all grown up. Yeah, right. And... If you want help with things, all you've got to do is ask. Yeah, right. There's there's always always people around you who are willing to help. All, all you got to do is sort of yeah, reach yeah. out, I guess. Yeah. Well, you've just got to, I guess, swallow your pride a little bit in some respects. No, hundred um, percent. And and just realise that people are actually happy to help you. Yeah, right. If no. You, if you, yeah. No, I, I yeah, I completely agree. Um, 
So, yeah, so what, if I could move on, um, what makes you passionate about data and data analytics? And also as a second sort of double barrel question, uh, what makes you passionate about teaching people about data? So the thing that I guess that makes me passionate about data analytics, I think, is that I never stopped being that kid in the classroom who always had their hand up asking why. Yeah, right. And, you know, data analytics for me is a vehicle to stick my nose in and find the answers why. Right. Um, and also, incidentally, it allows me to live the lifestyle that I want um, and make a living doing that, you know, from my little farm, mm. um, provide a much-needed service to the community um, on my terms. Right. Um, what was the second part of the question? Sorry. Uh, what, what, why do you like teaching people that? So you're an associate instructor now for with you with me, uh, teaching people, yeah. or teaching veterans data, and now pilots actually data analytics. Um, you know, what, what yeah. keeps you on teaching people how to do it? Why, why do you love to do it? It just floats my boat. Um, just to get that, I guess there's two parts to that answer. You know, I think I, I often think with my transition, if I'd have had someone to talk to who, uh, you know, just could sit there and tell me, uh, you know, look, things are shit right now, but you're going to be all right. You know, there's a way we can steer through this, you know, just someone to sort of stand at your shoulder and, and help you through. Yeah, right. Um, I do wonder what other, what decisions I may have made differently. Yep. Um, but on the teaching side of things, you know, look, there's nothing better than that light bulb moment when you're looking at somebody's face and they're all frustrated and tightened the shoulders and about to throw the thing through the window. Yeah. And you can give them that little bit of guidance where their face opens up and they start to breathe and then they smile and they go, oh, now I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's, that's the thing that sort of floats my boat about teaching is that sort of, you know, if you heard the old saying, you know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Yeah. And I'm, I've always been about teaching people to fish. Right. You know, sometimes whether they like it or not, um, I just, I just like teaching. I always have. Yeah. Right. No, it's lovely to hear. I think you're doing an incredible, an incredible job teaching people. Um, how to use Thanks. analytics and being being sort of a shoulder to stand by. I like how you said that. Um, so lastly, I think to sort of wrap wrap this all up, um, uh, you know, we were talking before, I like to talk about this. I don't know, what what's, you know, something that's cool happening in the field of maybe analytics or a, a tech field, which, um, you know, we're now having influence in with veterans, uh, you know, really climbing up the ranks in those fields. Um, so I think, so the thing that we're going to talk about this week, you have had some experience with, uh, 
is water management telemetry. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. So uh, being raised on a farm, you know, you realise basically from the day you start working, start walking, is how important water is. And one of, in one of my previous roles, I found myself working as a project manager uh, in one of the Western uh, councils. And it was a to focus on their water, their water assets were spread far and wide and they were providing town water supplies to villages and towns in the area. And basically what would happen is that, you know, an employee would start the day, they would drive out, they would check the water level in one of the municipal water supplies and then they would drive home again and that would be all they would do for the day. Right. Um, so one of the projects we did, um, working under the Shire Engineer is we installed uh, water management and monitoring telemetry on the town water supplies. So if you don't know what that is, it basically means that uh, you install the equipment and technology with uh, water level sensors in the town water supplies, which mm -hmm. um, will also govern the operation of the pumps. So, for instance, you would set it to say once the reservoir got down to for instance, 10,000 litres, the artesian water pumps would kick in and fill the reservoir. And right. then when the reservoir got to the top, uh, the pumps would cut out. So um, it removed the need for eyeball um, monitoring on the water supply operations. And, of course, what these telemetry systems do, well, when they break down, they report back to a central management, in this case it was a computer in the, at the Shire office, um, hooking into the mobile phone for the Shire engineer. And, you know, instead of finding out sometime in the evening that the town was going to run out of water, and I mean the whole town yeah. was going to run out of water, you would, you would know immediately that it happened in time to respond. and right. And... You know, with the result that a lot of the time the town didn't even actually know that the that the water the water supply system was breaking down. So yeah, right. Where right. that applies, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, well, um, no, I, I love this stuff. Nerd out on it. Yeah, I mean, for for a veteran, you know, I didn't even know that I could do that kind of thing. But all I did was just what well, we did. Yeah, um, I was working with the Shire engineer. You know, you just. Do your requirements analysis, you look at what's required, you go and source resources to solve the problem, you time manage, you manage um, uh, stakeholders to achieve the aim. You know, if you've, if you've ever done an orders group, you can, you can handle that kind of project management. Yeah, right. And I didn't even realise it. I just sort of looked at what needed to be done and... Training kicked in, off we went, and where we go, and hey, presto, there's water telemetry on the town water supply. Yeah, right. Um, um, you know, these things are getting much more popular in the ag sector. You know, if you can, if you can imagine, particularly on the big properties in the Northern Territory, um, they set these things up with a solar cell power supply, um, operated from a mobile phone. Um, you know, and as I 
if, you, if anyone, if you know anything about cattle, you know, when cattle run out of water, you've maybe got two days yeah, to right. resolve that problem. And sometimes the stakes are in the multi-millions. If it's yeah, the right. only water supply in 30, you know, 20 or 30 miles, if it's the only water supply, then if it goes down, then cattle die. Yeah. So, you know, this, this telemetry that talks back and says, hey, I've broken down, send someone out to fix me, saves, you know, traditional water runs can, checking water, you know, sending a bloke out in a vehicle to check water yeah, can take up to a week, a week of labour time and several thousand kilometres of wear and tear on a vehicle. And, and if you've got this thing talking back to you when it breaks down and you've got a webcam hooked up to it so as a backup so you can see the water level for yourself, yeah, um, it just impacts the efficiencies and right, in a very uh, sort of yeah, on agriculture. yeah, especially in agriculture where everything is very sort of marginal, um, you know, especially like the profits you're making and everything is very marginal. It's, I guess, important to make gains like that, um, you know, and not wastes yeah. and efficiencies where you can. Well, they've got to be cost effective. Yeah, they've got to be. Uh, able to be supported in a repair and supply chain sense. So, you know, the modular nature of some of these things where, and I don't know a lot about them, um, but, you know, being able to unplug a component and plug in a new one. Yeah. When you're, when you're two and a half days drive from the nearest um, town. Yeah. You know, that's that's a game changer and it's it's almost a necessity. Yeah, right. You know? So, um, but it's got to be cost effective. You know, no, 100%. If it's cost effective, then ag businesses will go for it and, and are, in some respects are hungry for it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's all about it's all about water, Ollie. <laughs> it's all no, about I, water. Yeah, 100%. I mean, how else? So, yeah, it's, it's, I think, yeah, one of... That's what ex excites me about the sort of ag tech industry is it answers that one big question, you know, wh how are we going to get our food, right? Like how, yeah. how are we going to get the – how are we going to get our food? How are we going to get materials to make our clothes? How are we going to get, you know, everything important sort of ends up coming straight back to farming. Um, and I think that's incredible that technology is starting to have an impact on it, which I think is just – it's mind for me. It's mind blowing, at least. Um, I think be careful about saying that it's starting. Um, you have to keep in mind uh, autonomous tractors. You know, we've been going for a while. Yeah, big yeah. Um, operating on GPS systems and and um, fully autonomous is really sort of only just coming around. But um, you know, guided GPS guided tractors. And machinery have been around probably since I was a kid, and I'm not going to admit to how old I am, but I'm not 20. Yeah, so, yeah, be careful about starting, yeah, um, right? Because a lot of, um, yeah, there's some of this stuff has been around longer than what the average citizen might actually think, yeah, right, okay. Um, Quite interestingly, yeah, um, it's Any, super interesting. Anything, I, yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, 
it's not uncommon where what used to happen with the autonomous tractors is that you would they would need a driver to if you know anything about cultivating paddocks it's mostly done in straight lines and circles right right yeah and they would they would set the gps at the start of the run and it would drive in a straight line to the end of the run and where the driver came into it was to disengage the gps turn the tractor around and reset it for the start of the run yeah right. um and it's <laughs> not unknown for the driver to go to sleep and the tractor to keep on driving <laughs> for and miles and miles and miles yeah well when you got several hundred horsepower you know fences don't stop it they drive over cars they yeah, drive right. into creeks um, and then that's a huge you know, huge so investment if it goes into a creek yeah 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 look they've since they've since resolved that the tractors <laughs> have gotten smarter yeah and the mapping has got better and the uh gps the infrastructure supporting the gps uh has improved although it still has a long way to go yeah right um but yeah, yeah. used to be you know photos of the local pub out in the western area where i was where somebody had just gone to sleep and the tractor had ended up somewhere it shouldn't have ended up <laughs> nice <laughs> um, um well but, i think that um, about does us for today mel it's an absolute pleasure talking to you you're, an, you're a well of information and knowledge i love to talk to you um and i'm very excited oh, for what this uh this podcast is going to turn up i think we've got a couple couple cool interviews lined up with other successful veterans like yourself um in industry doing things with technology which are also super interesting so i'm i'm excited for it Thanks, Ollie. Uh, can I just add there for anyone listening to the podcast is that we're interested in hearing your stories as well. Um, if you want to contact us to tell your tech story through with you, with me, um, we'd love to hear it and hundred uh, you know, and have a, chance, have a chance to talk to you if you're willing, so please call. Uh, can I just add there for anyone listening to the podcast is that we're interested in hearing your stories as well. Um, if you want to contact us to tell your tech story through with you, with me, um, we'd love to hear it and uh, 100%. You know, and have a chance have a chance to talk to you if you're willing. So please call. Please, thanks, yeah, Ollie. Please. That was. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Check in next week for next episode where Mel and I interview Sam Duncan former Air Force and founder of FarmLab, a quick-growing ag tech.